to this week's Oxcast, your weekly roundup for the best events happening in and around Oxford. Today's date is Wednesday the 24th of February and joining me in the studio is Mike. Hello. Hello. So what have you got for us this week? So we're talking about some rowing, uh, the Oxford Sling Library, a new exhibition at the Ashmolean and uh, some jazz at the Mad Hatter. Cool. I'll be talking about our Mother's Day competition, the Owls New Writing Festival, an interesting sounding lecture, the Dancing Oxford Festival and Grimsby. But to start off, uh, we just want to tell you about our Mother's Day quiz competition. To celebrate mothers everywhere, we've created a Mother's Day quiz, which if you enter and get the answers right, you could win a Sunday race for four at the Red Lion in Old Marston or two day passes for Juvenate at Jury's Inn. So, Katie, you wrote the quiz, didn't you? Yes, I did. It's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I want you to work for your prizes, to yes, be honest. Yes, I know. So I did it with all it, and um, no, it's all got half the answers right. It's very, very difficult. <laughs> There's a whole round on gin as well. <laughs> I'm just testing your gin knowledge. That mm. is an important Turns thing Turns out not that about. strong. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, please enter the competition to be in a chance for winning one of these wonderful prizes to celebrate your mum. What are you going to do with your mum around Oxford on Mother's Day? Uh, I think the ideal way of spending a day with my mum would be probably to take her around a garden centre in the morning and let her, like, treat her to any plants she wanted to buy. Go out for a very tasty lunch somewhere, perhaps by the river, and then maybe a show in the evening. What would you do? Well, my mum lives in Manchester, so um, she doesn't know Oxford that well. Uh, she likes the museums every time she comes down, so, I don't know, you go around and see stuff at the Ashmolean, Piru's. You know, a fairly standard touristy day, I think. But, um, I mean, there are tons of nice restaurants and things. Yeah. It's always somewhere good to find. So, yes, don't forget to enter our Mother's Day quiz competition to be in a chance of winning. So, I've seen this event on our year planner for months now, and I've wondered what it is. And, Mike, you're finally going to explain to me what Torpids is. So, it's it's not where all the rowers go to sleep, which is what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the two bumps regattas that happen uh, twice a year within the university between the colleges. Bumps racing is it's a mad style of racing that was designed... I'm not sure if it came from Oxford, but it's certainly one of the first places to do it, and it's been going over 100 years, I think. And it's because the river is so narrow that you can't have long-distance side-by-side racing. So they came up with the idea that all the boats would chase each other and then try and hit each other to catch them. Um, so in Torpids, there are sort of five or six divisions uh, for men and women. Each have 12, 13 boats in them. They all start down at Haystack's Corner, about boat length and a half away from each other. And then they set off and then just have to catch each other. And so when you bump another boat, you stop racing. But in torpids, the other boat carries on. So they have to catch the boat in front of them. Oh, okay. And every time you bump a boat, then your placing goes above them for the next day. And then, oh. so over four days, which is Wednesday to Saturday, you slowly go up the rankings. There are three different types of bumping. There is a bump where you actually touch them, which is obviously the most exciting. And that can be boat on boat, boat on blade, blade on blade. 
and it does cause a lot of damage, um, mm. quite a lot. So while it's fun, a lot of the coaxes in the upper divisions, the boats are so expensive that they don't want the boats to touch. So that's when they concede. Oh. So when you've got overlap and you know that the chances are you're probably going to be bumped, you don't want your racing line to be messed up and you don't want your boat to be messed up. So you concede, the boat has bumped, and then you can carry on without being interrupted. And then the last type, which... I have seen once, but it was because someone crashed, is just a complete overtake. Um, so if you completely overtake a boat, then you've also bumped them. So it, it's a really exciting style of racing, and um, it's it's a lot of fun. The good places to watch are Donington Bridge, or the Guts, which is that very tight bend uh, near Long Bridges, or also Boathouse Island, of course. The reason they're so good is Donington Bridge, you can see all the starts, and a lot of bumps happen off the start, because especially at this time, and the river's been so high that the crews haven't been training that much, which means that some crews are going to be really powerful and catch them in sort of 10 strokes straight off the start. So that, that's really cool. And also means that loads of people are crashing because everyone's got so much power. And uh, Then the guts, more bumps happen there because it gets so thin, and also that's the time people would have caught up. Mm. But then if crews are still racing, then you get some really tense stuff going up past Boathouse Island because they'll kind of be, they'll be on overlap for sort of 20 strokes and the cox isn't conceding. And, oh, it's good fun, it's good fun. <laughs> but also on Saturday, all of the boathouses have kind of pims, bars. and I was going to ask. Lots of good fun. Lots of drinking, so that's very important. <laughs> so that's Torpids. It's running every afternoon from Wednesday until Saturday. My favourites are Pembroke for the men, who are head of the river at the moment, and they're pretty strong again, really. Mm. Uh, Wadham is heads of the river for women, and they are traditionally strong, but who knows. Uh, so yes, very, very good. Get on down. It's lots and lots of fun. Cool. And if you want to find out more about Torpids, check out our information page on our website. Oxford is known as a great place to be if you're interested in drama and especially if you're interested in creative writing. And to celebrate this, OUDS are holding their new writing festival this week. So all the plays will be showing at the Burton Taylor studio and I thought I'd take you through what's on. So there are four plays. The first play is Cannon Warriors by Hannah Greenstreet. And this is about Punch and Fleur, the premier feminist puppeteers in Thanet, and they are facing eviction from their beach hut home. Oh no! I know! Terrible things are happening. I've seen pictures of the show and they have very cute little animal puppets. They look adorable, I'm sure there'll be some humour there. So that's showing uh, Thursday and Saturday at 7.30. Next up, there's Island People by Jack Clover, and it's a four-person cast, and It's a Wonderful Life is sort of woven through the storyline so that's interesting and apparently it's about relationships I have to go and see there's not much information right as you can tell <laughs> it, it sounds interesting and that's showing on Thursday and Saturday at 9.30 after that there's Cold Warm by Florence Reed this play focuses on the creeping influence of capitalism on a council estate mm. so it seems to look quite a lot at gentrification and it looks a bit bleak but mm. I imagine it'll be an interesting watch. Flurry is a very cool writer, actually. She's done uh, a few stuff, a few things now, but um, she's a big force certainly within the university. And Ooh. and that's showing tonight and Friday at nine pm and four thirty pm on Saturday. And finally, probably my pick from the bunch is is playwright by Maria Chappelle, and this play explores what happens when the writer of a whodunit doesn't know who did it. So it seems that the characters either hiding the culprit or working out the culprit within the play while the playwright looks on. I wonder if they know yet. I wonder if they're going to find out on the night. Yeah, maybe it changes each night. It might be you. What? (laughs) (laughs) 
and that's showing tonight and Friday at 7.30 and on Saturday at 2.30. So yeah, there's lots to choose from. I think there's something for everyone, really. So that's the ALDS New Writing Festival happening at the Burton Taylor Studio from tonight until Saturday. And tickets are £6 or £5 for concession. What's very cool about is that they put double bills on every night, as there's nearly show and a late show. So if you want to take in loads, there's time between to go and get some food, go and mm. get some dinner quickly. It's just a whole night of theatre for days on end. <laughs> so do you know about Oxford Sling Library, Katie? Not very much. So it's it's quite fun, actually. It's a non-profit organisation, and they are just so keen on slings and carriers and things, and the idea of carrying babies and small children that... They decided to set up uh, a library of um, like slings and carriers to uh, rent out to people in Oxfordshire to kind of promote oh. this stuff going on. Or it's every fortnight on a Friday at St Albans Hall, which is uh, the corner of Catherine and Charles Street, kind of in East Oxford. Got over 100 slings and they are really good. You go and they give you loads of information and help you try them on, help you fit it and pick the right one for you. But their website's also really good. It's got tons of information about uh, why you should do it and where you can buy stuff and how to fit them yourself. So, yeah, it's a really good organisation. That's amazing. Yeah. So, as your child gets bigger, you can sort of upgrade to a bigger sling or yes, find yeah. one that fits more comfortably. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, because a lot of people have trouble with, you know, they've got a sling and then suddenly their baby is massive and only can fit a leg in it and things. <laughs> but um, yeah, they also run events around the city. There's the Phoenix Sling Meet, which is the first Thursday of every month at the Phoenix Picture House. Uh, you just sort of go and watch a film. But... Very exciting. The Sing Library is now eight years old. Hey, happy birthday. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, they're one of the th- three oldest Sling Libraries in Britain. And um, so, yes, the next one, which is this Friday, they're having a small celebration for oh. it and, you know, cake and balloons and stuff. So it'd be good fun. But no, it, even if you don't go to the birthday party, it's a good thing to think of because it's £3 entry to cover the venue costs, but then it's £5 Sling Hire for two weeks. And then That's if you amazing. want to rehire it, it's £3. It's amazing. It's really cool, really cool. Um, so yes, go to that. Cool. Also on Friday is the John Milton Fellowship Annual Lecture. This year's title is John Milton, Tony Blair and the Menace of Empire. The speaker is Sir Simon Jenkins, who is a journalist, an author, a broadcaster and a former editor of The Times. At present, he is the current chairman of the National Trust and he writes for The Guardian and The Evening Standard. He's quite an interesting guy. He seems to critique a lot of things that are happening. So <laughs> so he was very critical of the uh, building of the Shard, which earned him the title of Professional Miserablist, uh, the Londonist, which I think is quite a title. That is that is quite a title. It kind of, it makes him seem like maybe just an angry man, but mm. presumably it's more than that. I, yeah, he seems very knowledgeable about um, the history of England and the church... He's written a lot on these topics. In reaction to the Pope criticising Trump, he has in turn criticised the Pope for criticising Trump. Hmm. Which, Who's going to criticise him? Well, that's the thing. Maybe someone at this talk. Yeah, maybe Trump. <laughs> maybe <laughs> Trump, yeah, full circle. That'd be fun. <laughs> it should be an interesting talk. He sounds like he's had a fascinating career, so it's well worth going along. So that's John Milton, Tony Blair and the Menace of Empire at Mansfield College on Friday at 5pm, and it's free. For all you art fans, there is an exhibition on at the moment at the Ashmolean. It's actually been going since the 2nd of February, but it's until the 5th of June. It is called Scenes of Lost Tokyo, uh, which is a particular series of Japanese creative prints from 1945. 
Um, so in the early 20th century, a new artistic movement emerged in Japan that was called uh, the Sasaku Hanga, uh, which a uh, movement which is translated to creative print. Um, and it was breaking away from traditional printing methods and ideas of industry. So while traditionally it would involve a division of labour in publisher studios, creative print artists designed, cut and printed their own work. So really it was about generally what that meant uh, in that it, it was coming from the artist and was more of an expression rather than a decoration that was being produced in a kind of factory type environment. And this becomes more interesting with this series. So The Scenes of Lost Tokyo uh, was a collaboration between nine of the leading print artists of the time. It was published in 1945, uh, sort of straight after World War II. And it shows nostalgic views of 15 famous places in Tokyo as they were before the wartime air raids destroyed them. And it's interesting because traditionally, or certainly what was happening in the West at the same time, was artists were thinking more about internal expression and individualism. Um, and in doing so, their work became very abstract and very pure. But these artists, although they were thinking about, you know, coming from the artist, they were placing their art within the culture and geography and representing what was around them, um, which is an interesting difference. Mm. It's almost like memorialisation, really, of the past as well. Mm, yes, yeah, there's lots of themes of things ending and things being destroyed. Um, and so, But it wasn't so much a specific style, just a style of creating. So... Okay. There's loads of, it's really mixed up. There's loads, some more traditional Japanese stuff, some which at the time was very contemporary stuff. And it's interesting that they're all prints as well, so they're all cuts instead of paintings. But no, it looks like a really cool exhibition. Um, that's Ashmolean running uh, until the 5th of June. It seems to be a week of birthdays in Oxford, including Dancing Oxford's 10th anniversary. They are kicking off their birthday celebrations on Friday night at the Pegasus Theatre and also on Saturday at Bond Square. I asked Festival Director Claire what's happening to celebrate their 10th birthday. Okay, so we have a whole range of performances and that covers different venues across the city. Um, We have performances at Pegasus Theatre, North Wall, Old Fire Station and the Oxford Playhouse. And then in addition to our our performances for the launch event, which is at Bond Square and around the city centre. So we have a whole series of performances. And again, right throughout the week, we have different companies coming to perform. We also have through the whole week, a whole series of taste to dance workshops. And this covers a whole range of styles. I think we've got 16 workshops. Wow covering at least I think it's eight different eight or nine different styles of dance um, and and that's all different times of day so we've got morning yoga and we've nice. got a morning wake and shake which is a disco on Friday morning and then right through the day we've got lunchtime workshops and evening and workshops at the weekend so you know we, we're trying to cater for everybody's yeah. timetables and you know when they like to dance so yeah lots going on and these workshops are for people who've never danced before yeah, the taster workshops are really aimed at somebody that, that either has never taken part in any dance class or never done a particular style. So they are for complete beginners. So um, if you are a complete beginner, please don't be put off and think it's not for me because I can't dance. They're between four to five minutes and an hour. It's fun. It, there's no commitment. Um, they don't cost very much. So the idea that people can just have a go, if they enjoy it, in every style we're, we're offering workshops in, there are weekly classes. So there's opportunity for people who might go and go, oh, actually, I really love this, to then join a class and do it every week. Wonderful. Listen to the full interview on the Oxcast Extra to find out about their What's Your Dance campaign, what festival passes are available and more details about the family-friendly events happening over the next 11 days. 
So you can catch the dancers in Bond Square on Saturday between 12pm and 4pm and it's totally free to go along and watch, so why not? It is quite a historical podcast this week, actually, isn't it? We're talking about lots of institutions that have been going for a while. So the next one is uh, <laughs> the Oxford University Jazz Society, or Jazz Sock for short. It's been running in various forms since the 50s, which I didn't realise. It's wow. really old. It was kind of renewed in the early 90s after it uh, disappeared in the 80s, but that's not much of a break. It's good because it's kind of always been outside the university in a lot of ways. Uh, it's always been... They've, they've always played in venues that aren't part of the university, like pubs and clubs. And it's, I was looking at the history and they're kind of made up of um, places that subsequently closed down. Are they cursed? I think they might be. So <laughs> they're at the Mad Hatter at the moment. <laughs> But we want to stick, that to stick around for a while. Um, they're every Tuesday during the uni term time. Uh, if you know the Manhattan as well, that's on Niffley Road, and is it quite a cool cocktail bar actually? But I don't know who's in charge this year, but they've been getting some great people. They've had Gareth Lochran, who's an amazing flautist, Tina May, who's a regular singer, who's quite famous actually, and Alexander Bone, who was the winner of the inaugural BBC Young Jazz Musician. Wow. Um, last year, I think. So yeah, amazing stuff. But this Tuesday, continuing that amazing streak. Uh, they've got the Corey Dick Quartet. Corey Dick is a Glaswegian drummer, um, and he's really cool, actually. He plays in Dinosaur, which is a band with Laura Jairs, who were at the North Wall a few weeks ago, um, but also in Band of Joy, um, and he leads his own quartet, which is who he's playing, and his album Impossible Things, which was released last year. I was listening to it today. It's, it's really cool. He's a big guy, so he has... Is really good stage presence, which shows him a good band leader. But his style is, he's quite experimental and um, he uses a lot of extended techniques. So a lot of his hands are going on, and um, but he's quite a spacious player as well. So he's not, you know, filling it up. He's he's more about the the silence and the gaps that are happening, which okay. is is interesting. Along with Laura Jade and all the guys he usually plays for, actually, um, they're really into more folk-influenced stuff and more modal stuff. So it's really nice and harmonic and isn't dense at all. Um, very accessible. Um, so, yeah, go and watch them. They're very good. Uh, that is Jazz Sock, which is at the Mad Hatter on Tuesday at 8pm, uh, and it costs £4. Cool. And that's on every week, is it? It's on every week, yeah. Oh, brilliant. To end the Oxcast this week, we thought we'd do our usual cinema roundup. And this week, I've chosen Grimsby. It's an interesting choice. <laughs> yes, interesting is the right word. So if you haven't heard of it, it's a new Sasha Baron Cohen film starring Mark Strong, Rebel Wilson, and of course, Sasha Baron Cohen. It's had mixed reviews. Uh, most people saying that it's silly, a bit lewd, uh, Borat-esque perhaps, but maybe not as refined as Borat was. <laughs> that's, that's quite worrying. Yeah. <laughs> Cohen plays Nobby Butcher, a slow-witted Grimsby father of nine slash football hooligan who is trying to track down his long-lost brother Sebastian, played by Mark Strong. Now, Sebastian is is the world's greatest spy and through their meeting, his position is compromised and he reluctantly enlists the help of his hapless brother. I'm sure there'll be laughs. It's quite interesting because the people of Grimsby have taken great offence at this film. How surprising. Yes, I know, shocking. And they've actually launched a PR campaign against the film with the help of Thomas Turgoose, who played Sean in This Is England. Oh. Yeah, the little boy. It happened with Kazakhstan as well, didn't it? Yes, it did, yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen isn't a very (laughs) likeable guy. (laughs) Well, no, he's great. He just... He pushes the boundaries. Pushes the boundaries. Of what's appropriate. We'll we'll, we'll say say that. (laughs) 
if you want to see what all the fuss is about and maybe make up your own mind as to whether you find it lewd or highly enjoyable it's on at the Odeon George Street and View Cinema Make sure to follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Daily Info Oxford. And if you love the sound of our voices and want to hear us over and over again, then don't forget to subscribe to our podcast mm. on all the major mm. podcast providers. Mm. Daily, daily, daily info. Mm. Daily, daily, daily info. Mm. Daily, daily, daily info. Daily, daily, daily info.